Good morning. On behalf of my mother, uh, Shelly, Mike, myself, and our families, we want to extend our sincerest gratitude and appreciation for you taking the time to come and join us in celebrating the life of Leroy, our dad, husband, and all the different things he is to the people that are here today. Obviously, this building uh, wasn't as big as we had hoped it would be, and so all the people that did want to pay their respects, um, both in person and many different ways, um, you know, we know that this could have included so many others. Um, so we, we apologize that we didn't have something bigger to offer, um, but the pandemic did not provide us with that, uh, that opportunity. But what we want to accomplish here today is, while this is typically a very emotional and, and somewhat somber time, um, and we understand that there is that peace to this, what we want to accomplish today is to celebrate who Leroy Bell, uh, husband, father, and all the other things, was to each of us in the best way we know how. And that's to uh, give as many people the opportunity to come up. We've asked eight people to do um, a frustratingly difficult task. Come up here and in five minutes. <laughs> and I'd, I've, I've had conversations with some of these uh, speakers. I don't know if I was convincing. Um, some we said they could take as many as seven. Some we put together with older siblings, hoping that one would keep the other corralled. Um, and, others we actually <laughs> and others we actually gave a little bit more time uh, because we've asked them to do a couple of different things. Um, but we want the story of Dad to be told by as many people in as many different ways as possible without keeping you here for hours and hours and hours. Um, we want them to share their, their thoughts, their feelings. Um, and I am going to add that there are a couple that um, had planned on being here, uh, but due to other circumstances and situations are not, not able to be here. So I'm going to apologize for one of our speakers in advance because um, I am going to try and read his notes. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be transparent and confess. I'm an educator of over 25 years. And the notes are very neatly written in cursive. <laughs> and I don't want to get into a controversy because I know there are some educators out here. It's been a long time since this educator's written cur or read cursive. <laughs> so it's beautiful writing and it's, and it's well done. Uh, but I, I'm just going to apologize that uh, it's not typed. <laughs> and I'm going to do my best to, to share and convey the thoughts and feelings. Um, but the other thing is, is that once we started talking about this and preparing, we realized that um, so much of dad's life included mom. And it's hard to celebrate my dad without celebrating my mom. So... Certainly, certainly well earned. Um, 
So we've asked that, that the speakers speak on, on how mom and dad have impacted their lives and, and share them, those memories. Um, because mom and dad were an inseparable pair and a formidable couple, um, not just for each other and not just for their family, but for the kingdom of God. And I think you'll see that on full display today. So without taking any more time, because I could stand and because I've already gone past my notes, um, we're, we've asked, we, we've come up with a couple of songs. Um, we're going to start with one, and then later on we're going to get into a medley of songs that my sister is going to introduce, and then we're going to end with a song. Uh, because as most of you know and have been around our family, singing, music, um, isn't too far removed, so it wouldn't have been appropriate for us to not include that. And again, uh, again, while this is meant to honor Dad, uh, we certainly want to celebrate what we know to be true, and that uh, that is that our Father took one last breath here and the next with His Savior. And we want to celebrate a life that led to that hope and to that peace and to that promise. So um, if you would, and if you would like, um, if you're able to stand, we'd like you to stand and sing with us. Um, sing as loud as you want. Um, and as, as you feel uh, led, we're, uh, we're going to just enjoy the presence of God, uh, talk about my dad, and, and hopefully encompass your memories and, and feelings about him as well. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine, heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. One last time. This is my story. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior.
congregation at Calvary Apostolic Church in La Crosse, Wisconsin, a topic that he had previously spoken on at a family funeral. He talked about the unassuming dash between the two dates on a headstone. This small, nearly imperceptible line represented the enormity of a person's life. He then challenged his congregation to make the most out of their dash, living their life in a way that embraced Christ's love for them. Leroy was never one for empty words, and years later, all who knew him can confirm that he lived his dash to the fullest. On January 25, 2022, at the age of 79, surrounded by family, Leroy passed on to his eternal reward. Leroy was born on June 11, 1942, to Edward and Dorothy Bell of West Salem and doting older sister Shirley. He graduated from West Salem High School in 1961, after which he joined and served for three years in the Army, where he wrote daily love letters to his high school sweetheart, Karen Olson. The two were married in 1963 and eventually settled in Iowa, where they had three children, Michelle, Shelley, Jeffrey, and Michael. Shelley, married to Kevin, was their oldest and inherited her dad's quiet strength and peaceable nature. Jeff, married to Micah, followed in his father's footsteps, joining the army and embodied his father's commitment to family and loyalty to those he loves. Mike, married to Angela, inherited his father's sensitive nature and genuine desire to help those around him. Both boys would argue that they inherited their father's good looks. <laughs> who is known for saying in jest, why are you so ugly and I'm so good looking? Most certainly, all three of his children share his desire for a lush green yard and beautiful flowers. His oldest grandchildren, Courtney, married to Corey, Tyler, married to Shawa, and Madison, married to Brett, recall his meticulous red geraniums lining the front sidewalk, his amazing beef stroganoff, morning or afternoon coffee breath, his sarcastic humor, and his gray grandpa sweater, ever present at the breakfast table. His younger grandsons, Camden and Owen, recall his humorous nature and the twinkle in his eye as he called them their Hermann Schlabberdocker. 
these memories and countless others will be passed along to his youngest granddaughters, Adelaide, Eloise, Joyce, and Ruby, alongside his great-granddaughters, Sophie and Marley. To Karen, Leroy was her rock and the true love of her life. Their children and grandchildren were blessed to have front row seats to the kind of love and devotion that you read about in the fairy tales. She was his constant companion for 58 years. Their marriage truly stood the test of time, surviving the baby bottle incident of 1965, a devastating house fire in 1976, and the later years of their marriage, Leroy's job with Fiserv, which necessitated, um, necessitated frequent traveling. Ever the driver and car enthusiast, Karen was found by Leroy's side, in the driver's seat, of course. When Leroy was called to pastor in La Crosse, Wisconsin, Karen was at his side. When Alzheimer's and a stroke required him to reside at Bethany St. Joseph's Care Facility in 2017, Karen was at his side. Daily, for hours, feeding him lunch, getting him dressed, giving him his daily shave, and making sure that Leroy's hair was at its best, parted on the correct right left side. The devotion they shared for each other is truly awe-inspiring and will remain a part of the legacy passed down to their children and grandchildren. Leroy was preceded in death by his parents, Edward and Dorothy Bell, sister Shirley Thurston, and sister-in-law Kay Borson. Okay, I'm going to start this off with on again, off again, Leroy. What does that mean? Well, Kay and Dave and, and Leroy and Karen used to double date a lot. And uh, and they, on again, you know, with Leroy, sometimes he was the hit of the day and sometimes he wasn't. And this went on, and I was in, I was gone from home, and, and so I didn't get to see much of it, but I, I knew it was still going on. Well, uh, Karen and, and Kay decided to leave the, the nest and, and go up to uh, Oscarville, Appleton, and work in a glove factory. And uh, so they worked up there till it got uh, boring or whatever, and they decided to come on back. Well, I think the word was they uh, knew Mom and Dad were going to come out to Norfolk and, and visit me. So they, they resigned early and, uh, and got home to make the trip. Well, how'd they get home? Good old Leroy, good old off and on Leroy came up to Appleton and loaded all their belongings, both sisters, in the trunk and brought, brought them back home. I mean, I was a good guy. Yeah. You know, they've changed in their minds and they're going to do this and that and set the world on fire. But, uh, but uh, he came up and bailed them out. So that's one, one memory. Then I was stationed in Pensacola, Florida, and Kay and Dave were getting married. And I'd missed Leroy and Karen's wedding. I said to the family, I'm not going to miss this one. And... Uh, so I had to go kind of AWOL, what you call AWOL, to do it. But Leroy, Leroy came down to pick me up, and we was, and it was at the end of a work day, and we were going to go through Georgia and on up, uh, make our way up to Iowa. Well, Leroy's good for shortcuts. 
And we got we stopped, got the map out. He said, "Here, I think this is going to be a good shortcut, right? I go, man. I'm just, I'm just riding. Let's go." Well, in the middle of Georgia, in the middle of the night, we got lost, and we, we was kindly uh, upset and, uh, and and frustrated and a little bit nervous. Well, we found hard road and good road uh, shortly after that, and, and made our way north. Uh, and then I remember when uh, we got both got out of the service. Dad had it all laid out there. We was going to work for the bread company. And uh, so I went to work for Sunbeam. And uh, shortly after, Leroy come, come along. And he, he took her. Well, his big deal, he was, a, he was a hero. He was a rock star in the bread business. He had, uh, his big account was Eagle Store in Marshalltown. And every once in a while on Saturdays, they'd have 10-cent bread. Oh, yeah. 10-cent bread back. That's how old we are. And uh, <laughs> the truck wasn't big enough. He used to pull a trailer behind Full of bread, and that worked off good. And I mean, he made some good commission, I reckon. And uh, but on a bad weekend, he'd fill the trailer and the truck up with stale bread. Well, that didn't set too good for him. He didn't like hauling that bread two ways. So he took a job with Dolly Madison, telling him, "Leroy, what are you doing with selling these little cakes?" He said, "Got a longer shelf life." <laughs> so. You know, then I, I have my notes that of the house fire was mentioned in the eulogy uh, by Maddie, and uh, and they survived that. God uh, got them through that. And uh, after that, I, I remember them talking about uh, college kids coming in and out of the house that they'd let stay there, feed them and let them sleep and encourage them and help them understand the gospel all through many years. And uh, and that was, I remember those stories. And... Uh, Always, and again, mentioned the beautiful yards. And the boys, I know, worked hard helping with that, with those railroad ties that they figured up, up in the backyard there in Cedar Falls. And Jeff pointed to himself, did it all. Most of it. Most of it. And, but, the, but the point is, and they picked up on it, the, the, the boys on this, uh, on this yard. But uh, Karen always loved a beautiful yard. He loved flowers. And he had come from, you know, all of our upbringing. We like flowers. And uh, so that so that was well displayed through Leo Roy and Karen's life. Uh, and then uh, this church come open, and they got the call to, to to come pastor. And the work and the hard labor that they put in here is uh, is is actually we're reaping the benefits now. This building's still open, and there's people still coming in the doors. Oh, it likes to be packed in every Sunday like it is now. But uh, who knows about who's going to get the message in here. Never mind about the crowd. And, uh, and then he always set that groundwork. He set that groundwork. And then, uh, and then he made a home for Kevin and Shelley after a tragedy hit their, their family. I mean, devastating. And they made him a new home. And now uh, that family is successful. I've got doctors and therapists. And, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just amazing what God what God has, has done. Ah. Leroy left a good trail. Yeah. yeah. Well, you don't leave me up here alone, but that's all right. <laughs> what? No. Yeah, come on back up here. We might, we might be able to. Um, I just want to be up front. You ran long. <laughs> And you didn't, we just, that's called a precedent. <laughs> so my, my, uh, my memories 
begin um, with a memory that Leroy would never let me forget. (laughs) Ever. And it was regardless of who we were with or what the audience was, I was reminded that when I was really young, and I mean really young, he gave me a ride in his car. I mean, I'm really young. <laughs> and he gave me a ride in his car down the driveway, I guess, right? Because, uh, not to sound like a politician, but I have no recollection of these events, Senator. <laughs> but I, he gave me a ride down the driveway, and I peed on his seat. So let's just get that out there. Um, so when I was really young, I peed in a seat. So uh, uh, I was the ring bearer in uh, Karen and Leroy's wedding. So they kind of, and they kind of helped me to be, you know, to start my connection early that way. Dolly Madison treats. I'm telling you the things I remember. It was excellent when he took that. I'm glad he kicked the bread business to the curb. Because he used to pull up in that Dolly Madison truck in front of our house at lunch or whatever, right? And I would, and I was a little bigger. I was, I was old enough not to pee on the seat. <laughs> but I'd trundle out there to the truck and say, what do you got? You know, and I'd get a little sweet of some kind. And I remember that. Um, I remember two cookouts uh, in the backyard. Karen, do you remember? Shelly uh, Shelley had a, the, the perfect birthday time, July 29th. Um, summertime's great time for barbecues, and we would always have the best steak fries and sweet corn in the backyards. I think maybe it started on M Street, maybe, um, and then I don't remember where it was over uh, by the by the Lutheran Church where we all kind of. Um, but that was a real big memory because everybody get together, and it was you know it just felt really, really right. Um, cookouts. I can't talk about Karen and Leroy. Um, without talking about cuts and stitches, uh, I, I when I when I'd go to stay at Karen Leroy's, I would get uh, I think I had like a one of those multi one of those uh, frequent flyer passes at the emergency room because it seemed whenever I was there I would find a way to cut myself and and end up being taken to the emergency room. Now I don't remember a lot about those experiences. But I do remember that there was never any panic in Leroy. There was never any, you know, oh, my God, what do we do? It was always, it's all under control. You know, we'll get a rag on that. We'll get a rag on this. We'll get a rag. And we'll get him taken care of. <laughs> but that was, yeah, it was lots of rags. <laughs> uh, but, but that was a part of, that was a part of my memory thing, too. And then when I was in about... Thirteen or so, they shared the Lord with me. Can you imagine that? They shared Jesus Christ with me and the gospel and how they wanted me to go to heaven, too. Um, and for years, I got religious gifts at Christmas. I got Bibles and devotionals and gospel records. <laughs> But they kept telling me about Jesus. And in keeping with the spirit of 
Leroy, when I was really young, when I was really young, he gave me a ride in his car, and I peed in his seat. <laughs> they shared the Lord with me constantly. Then one day, uh, told me about a job, uh, and I know I'm way over, Jeff. Uh, he told me about a job in, in Waterloo, and I was lost as a snake. All right? I was lost as a snake. I'd been out of high school for six months, and I'd been fired out of two jobs already. And Leroy said, Jim, there may be a job up here at the Waterloo National Bank. I can't guarantee you'll get it, but there may be a job. And I said, I'll think about it, Leroy. Because <laughs> I'd just spent six years getting religious gifts <laughs> at Christmas. I knew what was up there. <laughs> I knew what was waiting for me. And it wasn't a job. <laughs> So I turned around and I walked away and the Lord spoke to me. And if you've had him talk to you, you know his voice. He said, Jim, I've been calling you a long time. But I might not call you every day. And that was enough for me. And I turned around and I went back and I said, you know what, Leroy, I think I'll come up right after the new year. And my new life started. <laughs> my new life started then. So I got a job with the National Bank of Waterloo. Leroy taught me how to tie a tie. Taught me how to play cribbage. Helped me buy my first car. And these kids, these kids, they shared their dad and their mom with me. They let me come into that house. I slept in that den for a year on that couch. And I wasn't just living there. They were discipling me. They were making sure that the faith that they had sown took root and stuck. And here I am. I'm 63 years old. And I'm still walking in his way because somebody told me about the good news. And when I was little, too little to know better, I peed on his seat. Leroy, Leroy even encouraged me to ask my bride of 43 years to go out on our first date. Now I had to borrow money from Mark. <laughs> I still owe Mark. I had to borrow money from Mark to pay for the date. <laughs> but I don't know. It's maybe it may be uh, out. It just may be over the top. But I owe so much to Karen and Leroy. I owe so much. How many of you have? felt their their home be opened up to you. Maybe even had to maybe even spend nights there, right? You just never felt like you were imposing. It just never it was always how special? Does anybody remember that? Popcorn. How special in popcorn. And then the last thing I want to say is uh, when I was really young <laughs> What did I do? Okay, all right. 
He encouraged me to ask out, darling. We did. I, I want to finish. I want to close with this. And Shelly said, no preaching. And I said, ha! <laughs> First Corinthians 3, Paul talks. He's, he's talking to the church there, and he's talking to him. And he said, man, some of you are saying, oh, I'm a Paul, and I'm a Apollos. It's like they're talking about trading cards. You know, it's like, well, yeah, you got saved by a good guy, but I got saved by the guy. Right? You're from Paul. I'm from... But Paul says, who is Paul? Who is Apollos? These were just ministers of whom you believed. Nobody, we may be able to live this life alone. We may be able to, to go find some place to cloister ourselves away. But we won't thrive alone. We need each other to be successful. He said, you're of Paul, I'm of Apollos. It doesn't matter. We're all, we're all together in the body. But I can say this, I, and I count it a, a great privilege. I count myself as one who's of Leroy and Karen. Amen. I've got 30 seconds. Here we go. I don't know who put who in front of who, but bad idea. <laughs> I should have been last. <laughs> I brought my own prop. <laughs> Karen knows. They don't make those tinker toys like they used to, I'm telling you. <laughs> okay. How do you sum up 60 years in five minutes or 30 seconds? 60 years of life's ups and downs intersecting through our faith, through our shared values, through our children. 60 years of knowing that someone would always be there to rejoice in our achievements and provide a safety net if we needed one. 60 years we've been friends. I met Karen at age 17. I was 17. She was working with my cousin, waiting for her soldier boy. She worked with my cousin, and she came to a house, I think, for a Mary Kay party, I think. Yeah. Well, that night, Karen and I talked, and a kindred spirit was cemented that night. I love being around the Olsen clan. Wow. They are so much fun. I was the oldest of three, and it spanned 13 years. So I really didn't have that close sibling connection. And so when I came into the Olsen clan, I go, wow, this is great. Your mom always had an infectious laugh, which I see in, in all of you. In all of you, you inherited that. Your dad scared me to death, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so it was fun being around her and her family. Uh, Karen and I often went to the Lutheran church together. The only problem was, <laughs> she knows where I'm going, something would happen that would make us laugh. Now, I, I know that living for God is fun, but I don't know what it was that tickled us, but something always tickled us. So Karen, when she laughs, 
in case you haven't noticed, she laughs like this. <laughs> when I laugh, it's a big belly laugh. <laughs> so we were so, I was so embarrassed. We changed churches a lot. We went, <laughs> we went to several different Lutheran churches. <laughs> so Karen was waiting for her soldier boy to come home. But I was dreading that he would come between me and my best friend. But Leroy just accepted me as one of the family. He just like, okay, another one. We had so much fun. A lot of it generated by Leroy. We had water fights in Shelley's kiddie pool. We relaxed and talked on a warm um, March 31st. And we said, as we're sitting our, sipping our tea, we thought, for the rest of our lives, we will say to each other, where were you on March 31st? And every March 31st, I think of that. Where were you on March 31st? We were at their house in a very warm summer, a summer day anyway. Bob almost burnt down your kitchen with unwatched popcorn pan. Remember that? Those were the good days. Those were good times. Good times. Before Bob and I married, Leroy challenged me to lose five pounds before Bob came to visit. The prize was a steak dinner. (laughs) A week later, I didn't even give him a chance to save up for the steak dinner. A week later, I had lost the five pounds, and he delivered with a delicious steak dinner. For our wedding, they gave us a special present. Remember that? It said, do not open until you get to the hotel. Hmm, that's curious. So we took our present, got to the hotel, opened it up, and wonder of wonders, it was a big box of homemade popcorn. And we sat there and crunched and munched and said, oh, thank you, because we were starving by that time. After Bob took his pastor at Mason City, Iowa, It wasn't unusual for me to get a Monday morning call from Leroy. He'd say, is this the Hooternicheks? And I'd say, yeah, Leroy, how you doing? And he usually started by saying, we had a great service last night. And I knew that God had touched his heart with a message of encouragement for the Hooternicheks. And he did that quite often. But this tinker toy... This is what I'm going to remember Leroy for the most, or at least the picture that I have in my mind. They, too, brought us to the Lord. In fact, Karen, once she got the Holy Ghost and once she gave her life to Christ, that's all she talked about. And at one point, I said, Karen, if you don't stop talking about this Jesus It's going to come, I mean, something's going to finally come between our friendship. But she didn't care. She was just relentless. And, of course, we came, we came by, and we, too, are very thankful that she showed us a life. It has made a big difference in our families. We have lived the best life that we could possibly live because somebody said, I'm going to put giving you the gospel even before our friendship if we have to. 
So we would go visit them, and we'd start out playing 500, their favorite game. And finally, it would just, oh, put the cards away. We're just talking. And we talked and talked and talked into the wee hours of the, of the night. Well, Leroy, he was kind of an early-to-better, early-to-rise kind of guy, and he could not handle it. And so all of a sudden would see that he had gotten a tinker toy, one of the kids' tinker toys, put his hand over the top, and he was leaning on the tinker toy, (laughs) fast asleep. And that's the image that I have of him is just we look over and laugh and just keep on talking. And he was there in spirit, I'm sure. Karen Leroy mentored a lot of people. Their love overwhelmed people. There wasn't a stranger that came by them. Everybody was special to them. At least they treated everybody special. And we are all recipients of that. And I'm eternally, eternally grateful. God has blessed us, Karen. Our families, our life, it couldn't have been happier. It couldn't have been better because somebody shared the gospel of Jesus Christ to us. probably got a big enough mouth that I don't need to need the mic. <clears throat> so Leroy Curtis uh, Bell is a father. One of my original memories, and I wasn't, I was going to start off a little differently, but I wanted to, uh, I was always enamored with, uh, with dad's name. Leroy is a king. Uh, Curtis is courteous, kind, well-bred, well-mannered. Uh, and Belle is beautiful. So I kind of put it together. Uh, the courteous and beautiful king. Um, it was an interesting process. Uh, just putting together, compiling memories from uh, three different perspectives on uh, on the same man. Uh, a father to three children. Michelle Kay, Jeffrey Allen, and uh, myself, Michael James. Uh, three unique experiences that uh, span over 50 years. I won't say exactly 50 years, but uh, <laughs> over over 50 years. Um, firstborn, our sister, uh, Shelly. Shelly's memories uh, of dad uh, really were rooted in uh, in the early years. I I talked to both of them. Just you know, kind of trying to get uh, get memories together uh, uh, that they had, and and uh, hers are rooted in the when I was looking over them, they're rooted in the early years. Uh, um, certainly uh, for me, uh, I don't remember half of them. Um, and ironically, uh, they involve food and ice cream. You realize that. After school, uh, choir, band concerts, Shelley remembers uh, going to the Dairy Queen, 18th Street in Cedar Falls, 
Um, do you remember uh, weekend bike rides to the ANW? I remember sitting in your, the back seat uh, of your bike uh, at the, at the ANW. Birthdays at Shakey's, uh, Sunday pizza uh, at Shakey's. Um, you remembered a lot of food. Uh, Dad uh, would make uh, Saturday. I think he kind of gave Mom a break, uh, it seemed like, on Saturday, uh, making breakfast uh, for the family. Uh, Sunday afternoon uh, dinners was uh, Dad. I've already heard uh, spoiled on the uh, uh, beef stroganoff. Makes my mouth water every time I... Uh, I think that he just made an amazing beef stroganoff, uh, and we all loved it. Uh, after church, donut land. It was uh, and then she brought up sweet. <laughs> Had an uncle rich. He was uh, he was uh, labeled Uncle Rich, uh, his dad's army buddy, and uh, they maintained a friendship uh, until Uncle Rich uh, passed away uh, just about a decade ago. Uncle Rich would send a gift basket every Christmas, and it would have fruit or certain uh, certain meats and whatever. And this one year, uh, it had uh, a mix for buckwheat pancakes, and. Uh, Shelly was uh, go to a skating rink birthday party, and Mom and Dad had made buckwheat pancakes from Uncle Rich's gift basket, and Shelly couldn't stand them. She would not eat them until she finished her buckwheat pancakes. She finished her buckwheat pancakes and got to go to the roller skating birthday party, right? She got to go. Lots of tears. Lots of tears. I recall a similar uh, event uh, uh, with regard to peas and being able to go to the Friday night roller skating rink. Uh, couldn't go, and I had my sister, brother, and my mom and dad, uh, dad uh, controlling me. Finish your peas. And uh, years later, after. The allergist here in La Crosse <laughs> found out <laughs> I'm allergic to peas. <laughs> they made my mouth feel funny. You know? They just thought I didn't like them. Buckwheat pancakes. Uh, and uh, upon returning from dropping her off, uh, Mom and Dad decided they would eat pancakes bit into them, and they found out why she was crying. <laughs> Should have been a family dinner, right? Not all of her memories are, uh, of course, uh, rooted in food or uh, uh, those things. Uh, Shelly uh, Shelley brought up some of the leaner times uh, in our family. Uh, 
family's life. Lena mentioned there was uh, there's a fire that wasn't covered by insurance. Members, uh, Des Moines Register paper out. I remember those. Getting piled into the back of uh, the Green Ford station wagon. And uh, getting stuck in snow drifts early in the morning. And just making ends meet. You know, they weren't, they weren't, they weren't bad memories. These are are good memories. Um, Because what she doesn't remember were complaints. I lost my place. She remembers Dad taking her on the paper room, uh, her own paper route uh, in the morning. Uh, we'll have a combined uh, we'll have a combined memories uh, uh, between the three of us uh, because we all had paper routes. We were all encouraged to uh, to have a paper route. Um, I remember uh, trips to J.C. Penney before uh, the school year started, and uh, complaining, you know, that uh, tough skins weren't uh, necessarily what uh, uh, we were uh, really all about. And uh, there was, uh, well, you can earn your own money, and then you can buy clothes that you like uh, with that money. And that was, you know, that was just encouraged right from the beginning. You know, we weren't, we weren't dressed uh, in shabby clothes or anything. We were dressed in the clothes according to fit the pocketbook, you know, that, uh, that were going to get us through another year. And I'm sure Jeff and I were far more cruel to our clothes than Shelly was. Um, I know Shelly also made uh, a lot of her own clothes, uh, which is a testament to uh, to my sister's character. Um, we've, we've already covered, already uh, this morning, uh, straight lines in the yard, flowers, everything was trimmed right. Um, and that's kind of a good transition over to my brother, second born. First son, a.k.a. Leroy 2.0. Our father's son. I say that with all respect. No envy, only admiration. One of the first things uh, Jeff uh, Jeff mentioned was Dad was a hero. <clears throat> the heroism of boy near the age of seven, just a month away, witnessing with his eyes wide open. House on fire. Whole family rushed out of a window 
onto a porch roof. Probably 10, 12 feet off the ground. <clears throat> Pastor's daughter in tow as well. Dad jumps down. Doesn't run for help. Turns around. Starts catching. I believe it was Judy, Shelly, myself, Jeff, and Mom. Mom would come last. The order might not be. I have one. I have, I have a few uh, very vague uh, recollections uh, of this event. I was uh, within uh, within a couple, two, three weeks, uh, going to turn three. Uh, so my memory is a little vague uh, uh, on the whole event. Uh, but I remember uh, being terrified up on top of the roof and somebody kicking me off. I don't know whether it was my brother or my mom. <laughs> somebody booted me off that roof. There you go. <clears throat> you did kick me. Yeah. You, uh, you get plenty of opportunities in the future. <clears throat> Dad was a hero. Uh, rescued uh, the rest of the family. Um, and then he didn't stop there. Uh, we had a cat inside the house, Pepper. And uh, Dad rushed down to the basement, ripped open a uh, pretty heavy-duty sliding glass door, and out shot Petter, Pepper. So the only thing uh, really to uh, perish in the fire were uh, pictures, valuables, and maybe some vermin. Uh, but uh, the family and the family cat made it out alive. And this kind of kind of starts my brother's memory of a man. Tough to top that. Tough to top that as a father. I don't want to say you need to burn your house down, <laughs> rescue the family, but. Uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff remembers Dad and his pets. Oh, uh, I believe it was Tayo. Was uh, was a cat uh, you wouldn't remember, but that was one of his uh, one of his pets. Pepper, Muffy, Max, Mittens, Indy. His probably best friend, uh, dog friend, uh, Sadie, who was twin to Jeff's Chesney. Jeff and Micah and their families, uh, Chesney. And he doted uh, over that dog. That dog gained weight because of Dad. Uh, but he loved his pets and uh, took care of them. I remember he used to tell me a story uh, about... Uh, a, I think it was a, like a Jack Russell Terrier uh, uh, terrier that he had uh, as a boy on the farm. Uh, it was a rat terrier. He said, you know why they call them rat terriers? We'd throw them into the corn bin. There'd be a bunch of rats in there, and that rat terrier would just boom, 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 boom. 
take care of the rats. I never knew. Uh, Dad loved his pets. He took care of them. Uh, he doted over them. He didn't, he didn't make it such that, eh, you know, they were bigger than life. Uh, but he, they were his. They were his. Especially that Sadie. Sadie was uh, just his bud uh, there in the years uh, uh, where his health started to decline. Always uh, by his side. Uh, always catching, catching food there uh, at the kitchen table. Uh, my uh, Herman Schlaber doctor has uh, stolen. But Jeff remembers uh, Grandpa and uh, his uh, nicknames for the boys. And he had a lot of uh, he had a lot of those uh, nicknames. Uh, uh, you remember Skeezix? Okay. Uh, Felix, Fred, and Ted. Uh, Jeff would have been Ted because Ted was tall and Fred was short. So I got the uh, I got the Fred. Uh, even though yeah, right now I'm about maybe what an inch, you know, shorter than you. Back then, back then, yeah, back then, uh, uh, it was a little more stark. Uh, a very sarcastic humor. Um, to all of our friends, all of our guy friends, I don't think he ever said it to uh, <laughs> any girl uh, that came into the house, but. Uh, Captain, uh, you probably uh, you probably caught it uh, uh, one of those times. Uh, how come you're so ugly and I'm so good looking? And the the look on friends when he asked this question is a little throw me back. You know, uh, not quite sure. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of good responses. They were just dad kind of stone face. You know, and uh, he had a very he had an excellent sarcastic. Uh, uh, sar- sar- sarcastic sense of humor. Projects. I know Shelley uh, also uh, remembers projects. We always had projects going. And it might account for the projects that we have. Uh, I now have a decade's worth of projects. Uh, uh, I thought I had uh, I thought I had a pretty good grasp on them uh, uh, at the home in Waterloo and then we Decided to buy a farm, and <clears throat> now I've got at least ten years worth of uh, worth of decent projects, and I'm sure I'll come up with some more in uh, in the meantime. There, but uh, railroad ties, about an 80, 80 tons of backfill uh, in the backyard, and uh, all that backfill had to be uh, surrounded uh, by something, and so Dad uh, came up with uh, railroad ties. And uh, railroad ties would hold back the dirt. And uh, all they had to do was be installed. (laughs) (laughs) And I think I was probably, I don't know, 12 at the time. I was a little spud, uh, always kind of late in coming. So that meant Jeff got got that project. And uh, Dad had a vision. And Jeff built it. It is still there. It is still there. Uh, He wasn't just building beautiful gardens, though, was he? Building a man. 
And uh, this is the transition to me. Baby of the family. Spoiled. I didn't really catch uh, all the hard projects uh, until probably a little later on. Uh, Mom and Dad, you've always improved your properties. With the help of your children. There's uh, it's pretty decent uh, landscaping on uh, the house that uh, will be gone in a month and a half or so. Um, and uh, Jeff and I uh, tackled that. And uh, it was, uh, it's made them more beautiful. Right? But they weren't just beauti- building beautiful landscaping. They were building beautiful lives. And... Uh, we have a lot of memories of working with Dad. Um, I had uh, I had a number of uh, mowing the lawn. Dad was a psychological genius. <clears throat> I begged him <laughs> to mow the lawn. I'm not sure how he pulled it off, uh, but. Uh, since I was too small at the time, he would let me hold on to the middle bar and walk on down and maybe get a little pushing on in there until I started to veer off course. They need to help out a little bit more. Help you straighten your course. <clears throat> Dad wasn't Jesus, okay? He was just a man, just like the rest of us. But he wanted to be like it. And he lived a life that. Uh, Very good one. Very good one. When he got off a little bit, just kind of help you out. Get straightened back out. <clears throat> he took me on a uh, on a fishing trip to my Uncle Tom's, uh, Uncle Tom and Aunt Shirley's, uh, when uh, I was struggling. As uh, as a teen, so, just me and him went on up there and uh, fishing with uh, with Uncle Tom. And I think we played uh, played a little bad golf uh, on the golf course uh, uh, that they live on. <clears throat> That's a memory that uh, I remember. Driving on up there, foot out the window. I caught a couple of bugs on uh, uh, on my feet, and we we're laughing. And it was just one of those. Uh, it was just one of those opportunities, one of those times that you remember. Um, you know, we weren't 
weren't big on going out and doing all sorts of sorts of different fun things and whatever. Uh, most of our uh, most of our our really good memories, my good memories, are uh, are of work working. But that was uh, that was a beautiful memory uh, uh, that I had. Struggling a little bit, so Dad took me fishing, and it was it was one of those mowing lessons. I wrote a story in school about how to mow the perfect lawn. And uh, I think Dad impressed uh, uh, lawn care on his kids. <clears throat> Fast forward uh, probably three decades. And uh, working on a bathroom in uh, mom and dad's uh, basement. Helped dad out a little bit, and uh, it was an empty space. Uh, so I love bathrooms. I put in a bathroom for him, and it took about a month uh, to, uh, to put that on in. And uh, I remember one day, there's a couple of different stories uh, out, of this, uh, out of this occurrence uh, that... Uh, that I'll never forget. I remember Dad walking back and forth, and he was he was sick at this time, and uh, he's walking back and forth. He probably walked past that bathroom entrance maybe a dozen times that day, and every time he walked past, he would make a comment about, "I was going to clean that up, right?" <laughs> he's a very particular person. I used to think. I used to think mom was where we got our OCD, okay? <laughs> and uh, not too long ago, I was like, uh, you know, I made the comment, hey, you're, you're kind of, you know, the reason why we're also particular, uh, you know, about everything. This needs to be in a certain place and, you know, uh, things need to be square on a desk if they have square corners, you know. I mean, that's just a natural fact. Uh, she said, I, I kept things right for your dad. He's the particular one. He's the one that we got this condition from. <laughs> so he keeps on walking by, and uh, it's starting to get a little frustrating. you got to make a mess to make something beautiful, Right? And I'm not going to say that I made a beautiful bathroom. It is. <laughs> You're going to clean that up, right? And I got a little frustrated with him. My Aunt Kay and my Uncle Dave were there this, uh, this particular day. They're visiting family in uh, the lacrosse area. And uh, Dad and I kind of, yeah, you know, Dad, come on, I, I got to make a mess. You know, I got to make a mess. And it's, this isn't registering with my father. Uh, and at the time, I didn't even really necessarily recognize the fact that he probably didn't know who I was. I was just a construction guy. Uh, but then my Uncle Dave took my dad on a uh, trip. I got to witness a very special relationship uh, between my Uncle Dave 
and my father. They went on a drive back into Barry Mills. And that just calmed him down. Just They came back and he was, he was a new man. And that was a very special memory. Uh, uh, Uncle Dave, I, uh, I paid attention that day. And I saw how you worked with my dad. And uh, he remembered you. He remembered your times together. And uh, that, was, uh, that was very special. Fast forward a few hours. This is a Wednesday. And mother, mom goes to uh, Wednesday night service here. Dad wasn't feeling well that, uh, that night, so he stayed behind, and I wor- kept on working on the bathroom till probably, I don't know, 7, 7.30, uh, maybe 8 o'clock. And uh, I finished up, walked out to the, uh, to the living room. Dad is watching a Brewers game, and uh, we chatted, uh, you know, about the Brewers. And uh, and then I fell asleep in the chair. I was tired. Apparently, while I'm asleep, he calls my mother. The carpenter. fell asleep in the chair. <laughs> and I just wanted you to know that when you came in the house, there was this guy. And she's told me. He's a really nice guy. <laughs> Which, a really nice guy. Coming from your father, okay? Uh, your, your father calling you a really nice guy. But he didn't know who I was. I was a stranger to him. And uh, he thought I was a really nice guy. And uh, that was uh, that was something that We'd had words, you know, that day, and uh, Dad still looked at uh, at a stranger in his house, and he made the assumption or the assertion that uh, this guy's a good guy, and uh, I'll hold on to that uh, for quite some time. The picture, uh, the picture above, is. Uh, I don't know, five, six years, uh, five, six years old. Um, Again, you can see uh, I've got some uh, straps on my chest there. That's, uh, those are holding up my tool belts. And I was uh, working on their deck. Uh, They had just some issues uh, with the deck. And I was out, uh, out there working and dad was out there organizing my tool bits. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I've got a number of tool bits, uh, you know, probably 50, 60, uh, 70 tool bits uh, 
and he had them all arranged uh, perfectly. Uh, uh, and then he was just sitting there watching me uh, as I work, arranging my tool bits. Uh, and uh, he, uh, yeah, he's, I, I'm ready to, I'm ready to go inside. So we're walking in towards the kitchen. And uh, you can kind of see the side of the house uh, right there. It's the last time you ever said my name. Probably about 10 seconds right before that picture was taken. I've never been so fast on the draw uh, with my phone. And click, that's uh, genuine happiness uh, right there, because it had been a little while uh, since, uh, since he'd said my name. Uh, but that's the last time. And uh, it's not easy getting old, Michael. Yeah. And uh, that's the picture. Working. He was always building. And uh, even though he might not be doing the building, he was building. I don't want to end this uh, in tears. So, Dad had a a sense of humor. Um, He loved to laugh. He had a very distinct laugh. He would cry when he laughed. I've never seen my dad laugh so hard as he did uh, when we were uh, probably 15, 16. I was 15, 16, maybe 17 uh, years old. Uh, Stephen Kepke had my dad rolling on the floor in the kitchen doing an impression that uh, I've never seen dad. Uh, I've never seen dad. But he had a good sense of humor. Dad had a good sense of humor. And it was uh, it was kind of a tongue-in-cheek uh, uh, sense of humor, and uh, the best way I can uh, describe his sense of humor, I think that's uh, that's me about I'm getting told I'm over time, right? Um, was a uh, a joke that he would tell. It's called the Bid Mouth Frog. You're going to have to watch me on this. Okay. Mark, do you know about the big mouth frog? <laughs> well, there was a big mouth frog around a pond. And uh, he was a very curious uh, frog. He was hopping around uh, the pond one day. and He bumped into a squirrel and he said, Hi, I'm the big mouth frog. I eat flies. What do you eat? And the squirrel, well, I eat nuts. Oh, that's nice. So he kept on hopping around the pond. He runs into a bird. And the bird is, tweet, tweet, tweet. You know, hi, I'm the big mouth frog. I eat flies. What do you eat? Chirp, chirp, I eat worms. Chirp, chirp, chirp. Oh, that's nice. 
keeps on hopping around the pond, and he happens upon a snake. Hi, I'm the big mouth frog. I eat flies. What do you eat? I eat big mouth frogs. Oh. So, for those of you that went over your time, I'm the creator of the schedule. We were projected to finish in one minute, and I even told myself we'd go ten minutes over to make myself feel better, and it's not going to happen, so you can give me half of your cake later. Okay, it's payment. Um, so, my name is Courtney. I am Karen and Leroy's oldest grandchild. Um, when we were coming up with who we would have speak today, we felt like one of the grandkids should speak, and I ended up being that grandkid by default because the six youngest granddaughters aren't quite up to the task yet. Um, Owen and Camden ignored my text, like all good teenagers do, and Tyler and Maddie quickly told me they'd cry. So you guys have the very emotional pregnant lady, and we have a roller coaster for the next five minutes. So um, trying to narrow down how to describe such an amazing man to five minutes, which I'm only 15 seconds over normally when I've timed myself, so you know, um, is pretty much impossible to do. So I started with a list of attributes, and I narrowed them down to the following. Patient, tenacious animal lover, um, fun-loving, and selfless. Grandpa was incredibly patient, unless you were humming at the dinner table. Be mom. You were leaning back in your dinner chair on two legs, which would be Tyler, <laughs> or you had the misfortune of walking away from a half-finished can of soda, which is everyone in the front, which we heard about a lot as Grandpa would go, they're still stored. Whose is this? You can't get another one until you finish this. Even with these significant character faults, um, faults he was still the most patient person that I have ever known um, and have the privilege of being around. Grandpa was also very um, tenacious, especially around Christmas time. There was something special about Christmas, and it's because that every year he was bound to determine that they would not buy any new strands of lights, and he would fix every strand. So he would spend hours every day, which would turn into several days in the week, sitting out there plugging in the light strand. And unlike me, who just chucks it if it's like halfway, you know, burnt out, he was bound to determine he would find the culprit that had made that light strand not work. By day three, probably, half of the garage is covered in Christmas lights. Grandma's getting very frustrated because they have more Christmas lights than a Christmas store at that point. And she would always tell him, just throw it away, and I'm going to go down to Kmart, and I'm going to get new ones, which is what happened. But this repeated itself every year because I'm pretty sure he never threw the broken ones away. I think every year he was bound and determined to get all of them to work. And it never happened, unfortunately. 
Um, Grandpa was also an animal lover. There's a reason why in all the, a lot of the pictures that were shown before service, there were animals by him, often in his lap or on his shoulder or even on his back. And animals just seemed to favor him. If the whole family was there, they would reject their owners like they meant nothing to them, and they would just gravitate towards Grandpa. And I like to think that it's because they knew that there would be this loving hand stroking their head, as well as three square meals of leftovers during the day. Grandpa was fun-loving. He loved to laugh and make people laugh. There was a certain sparkle that could be found in his eyes when he would nudge his grandkids, especially his grandsons, with his cane, or when he would watch Sadie, their beloved yellow lab, especially when she was doing something that she wasn't supposed to, which is pretty much how she spent her entire life. So, finally, Grandpa was selfless. Um, I heard it told that when Grandma and Grandpa got their last truck, which was the Dodge Dakota, right, Grandpa was heard telling family members who were in the truck, you, you know why we got this truck, right? Okay. He's like, listen to this engine. And it was that sweet, revving sound of the engine. If you knew Grandpa, he could care less. Like, that's not him. But he knew that it mattered to someone how the truck sounded. And while she would have preferred a diesel engine, if we were honest, um, the sound of that engine was all he needed, towing, com- or towing capacity and all the things that truck lovers know about their trucks didn't matter to him. It was the fact that Grandma liked how that engine sounded. And so that's why they got that truck. Um, selflessness was at his core, and it was apparent in every interaction and conversation that you had with him. As I started to prepare for today, I started where all good speech readers or speech writers start, and I came up with my visual aid. Um, and I've been trying to find a picture of Grandpa and I together, and I discounted several because I didn't like my outfit or my weird skin tone or my hair wasn't quite right, and I had an epiphany that there is nothing like a baby. I mean, babies are cute, irregardless of how many double chins they have or thigh rolls or how dirty their outfit is, and so I just selected that picture, and as I stared at it, I realized how fitting it was. Both of us smiling. With Grandpa holding me up. Grandpa left a legacy to us all, epitomized by laughter and good times, with an underlying current of safety and peace. I'm here on behalf of Pastor Legau, so I'm going to read a statement that he wrote, but I do want to say, I've got my phone here, I am a rule follower, and thank you, Courtney, for this structure, I appreciate it, I have to, no, that's not my phone, Um, (laughs) I do have to say, I don't know whose it is, but anyway, I uh, did Let me just say I did a funeral a few years ago. I wish I would have had you help me because um, 45 minutes later after the open mic, I decided that's not going to happen again. (laughs) So, and Jim, is my tie okay? Thank you. Because he spent many 
days helping me with my time. Not Jim, but Leroy. Uh, he taught me a lot of life skills. But I don't want to get into that, and I don't. I might if I have a minute left. Um, but Bishop Legal, he really wanted to be here. Of course, he loves your family, and um, he was saddened that his health prevented him from coming. But he said, first of all, let me express my heartfelt condolences to you, Karen, your children, Shelley, Jeff, Mike, and the entire family for the loss of the beloved husband, father, and grandfather. Brother Bell, to me, was a great Christian, a friend, a co-worker in the work of God in Waterloo, Iowa, at the Apostolic Pentecostal Church for many years. He, along with you, Karen, and you're right, you can't say Leroy without adding Karen, of course, what a team. But they were the people of highest integrity and will be remembered for your loyalty, your leadership abilities in helping our church to grow and prosper into a growing monumental church in our community and the Cedar Valley. I could always depend upon both of you to fill in with preaching assignments, etc., especially while I was away tending to district responsibilities along with other times away. You, Brother Bell, and Karen were always so reliable, faithful, loyal, always available when called upon, and thank you for always being there. I will always be eternally grateful for the honor of pastoring you and Karen and your precious family over the years. As a side note, let me say, the memories of your family, your children growing up without, uh, with our own children will always be special and precious to me. It was like we all were one big, happy family growing together and working together. So in closing, I celebrate Brother Bell's homegoing by these words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have won the crown. Thank God. I was one of those college students. Leroy, to me, was a man of impeccable character. And I watched as he led a Christian life because I was transitioning from my own life as an 18-year-old a couple of years ago to being an adult. They opened their home. I slept on the floor. It didn't bother me a bit. I just loved being in their presence, in the presence of God. I didn't care that Jim had the couch. He was family. But it was an amazing time. Thank the Lord. And you do owe me. But um, <clears throat> I want to say that the one thing I remember is Leroy um, saying to me, you know, you need the Holy Ghost. I'm like, well, I don't know about that. And he just sat down and talked to me as gentle. I've never seen that man Ired or anything like that, as gentle as he could. And it was that. And one day I started praying at the altar. And there was so much commotion around me. And at that time, that distracted me. And Pastor Legal told Leroy, he said, take him downstairs and pray with him down there. I can't think of a better person to be with me as that monumental experience in my life occurred. And I am so thankful but not just 
to him, but to you, Karen, you know, and your family. You shared your dad. You sh- where's Shelly? You shared your closet with me. I put clothes in there. I don't think you liked it at the time, but you were nice. <laughs> but anyway, suffice it to say, and I could go on, and I'm not going to. I'm respecting this, Courtney. But I just could, I, I, I can't say enough, because if you talk about Christian character, integrity, a man who you would want to follow as he followed Christ, it would be Leroy Bell. I wouldn't be here today had it not been for him, Karen, and your family. Thank God for that. Amen. You want to stand with the blood flow? <laughs> Go ahead and do so. As I journey through the land, singing as I go, appointing souls to Calvary through the crimson flow. Many arrows pierce my soul from without within. Oh, but my Lord leads me on through Him I must win. Yeah, oh, I want to see Him look upon His face. Let us think forever of His saving grace. On the streets, glory, let me lift my voice. Cares all past, home and last, ever to. Oh, I want to see Him, yeah, look upon His face, then He sing forever of His saving grace. On the streets of glory, let me lift my voice, His all past, come and last ever. One last time, oh, I want to see Him, want to see Him. 
and look upon his face, and let you think forever of his saving grace. On the streets of glory, and let me lift my voice. Cares don't pass, home at last, ever to rejoice. The wondrous love of Jesus, sing His mercy and His grace. In the mansions, bright and blessed, will prepare for us a place. Oh, when we all, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. Yeah, when we all see Jesus, we will sing. And shout the victory. Sing it again when we all, when we all get to heaven. What a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we will sing and shout the victory. Have a good time when we get over yonder. Oh, won't we have a good time when we get over yonder? Oh, won't we have a good time when we get over yonder? Oh, sing it again. Oh, won't we have a good time? When we get over yonder, won't we have a good time? When we get over yonder, oh yes, won't we have a good time? When we get over yonder, oh, won't we have a good time? Well, by and by, when the morning comes, when all the saints of God are gathering home, we will tell the story of how we've overcome and we'll understand it better by and by. Oh, yes, by and by. When all the saints of God are gathering home, we will tell the story of how we've overcome and we'll understand it better. Last time, one last time. Yes, by and by, when the morning comes, when all the saints of God are gathering home, we will tell the story of how we've overcome. And we'll understand it better by and by. And we'll understand it better by and by. There will come a day when no heartache shall come. 
No more clouds in the sky. No more tears for us to dry. All peace forevermore. On that happy golden shore. What a day, glorious day that will be. Upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace, when he takes me by the hand and leads me to the prom, what a day, glorious day that will be. There'll be no more sorrow there, and no more burdens for us to bear. No more sickness, no more pain, no more parting over there. And I forever, I shall be with the one who died for me. What a day, glorious day that will be. Oh, what a day that shall be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon His face, the one who saved me by His grace, and He'll take me by, yes, and lead me to the promised land. What a day, glorious day. That will be, oh yes, what a day, glorious day, that will be. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hopefully the little blood returned back to your legs. I'm going to ask you to sit down for just a little while longer. Um, I am I am up here um, on behalf of Terry Rapich and his wife Sonia, and I'm I'm just going to add a quick personal note to this. Um, we had asked Terry to to speak um, because of what they meant to mom and dad um, as they resurrected, for lack of a better term, um, the church here in La Crosse. And uh, 
You can do a lot of things on your own. Um, it takes longer. It's a lot harder. But when you have somebody that can come alongside you, share your vision and your passion and your desire to do something, it makes a whole lot of difference. And I know that uh, Terry and, and Sonia meant a lot to my parents. And, uh, and I think by reading what Terry prepared, they meant a lot to him. So, I'm going to do my best <laughs> to read cursive. <laughs> oh, what a shame. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, Mr. Bell can do this. So, from Terry. I will forever be thankful that God called Pastor Bell and Sister Bell to lacrosse. I feel double blessed to have been able to spend many hours with Brother Bell. He not only was my pastor, but became my best friend. Sonia and I met Brother and Sister Bell in the fall of 1906, our first church service together in a community room at Valley View Mall. I had attended church for most of my life, but hadn't attended church for over 16 years. Sonia and I both felt, in one of our first services, we felt God in a very special way and looked forward to our next service. Soon, God refilled me with his spirit, and on January 5, 1997, Pastor Bell baptized Sonia in Jesus' name, and she received the gift of the Holy Ghost. I was just, it was just the four of us for several weeks, and then a number of families began to, jo to join. On February 15, 1997, Brother Bell married Sonia and I in their living room. A few more people started coming, and we began looking for a permanent building. Brother Bell located this church, and we looked at it together. It was in need of a lot of work, and I suggested we look at something else. I'm going to put my finger here uh, because I can offer a very personal perspective to this. Um, when my father, we were up here one weekend, and when he showed us this church, and let me, let me take this, when he showed us this building, because I've seen storage facilities in cleaner, better condition than was this building. Um, it, it was in very, a very sad state of affairs. Um, but it goes to show that there was another part of my dad that he always had a vision for something. So, back to the script. That's when I found out Brother Bell not only had faith, but he backed it up by works. And many works. We purchased the church, which included a lot, a lot on the house next door. So that green space next door. We both were working full-time jobs, and we spent our evenings and weekends working on the church. God had to be giving us the strength as the hours became weeks and months. We had breakfast many Saturday mornings together. He always had an egg omelet and always asked for salsa. I tried salsa on my omelet, and to this day, I have salsa on all my omelets. <laughs> Some very special memories I had were just when we discovered there were a lot of pigeons. 
disclaimer, this has pretty been, been pretty much PG. <laughs> this might be PG-13, so <laughs> a lot of pigeons in the church steeple. To get rid of them, we had to climb up there. I had my pellet gun, and Pastor Bell had a paper grocery bag. <laughs> it was a long way up there. I, you know, there's a violent, I think he uses the word massacre in here. <laughs> Something about putting them in bags. Um, I'm skipping that. So I, it says, I guess we both laughed feeling quite guilty at the great Northside Lacrosse Pigeon Massacre. <laughs> wow, that's graphic. All right. Another special memory I have is when we bought our little blue uh, zero-turn riding lawnmower. Blue? Uh, I don't know why I didn't know that because nothing that should be in the Bell family should be blue. It should be green. Anyway, that's we forgive that. Right, Maddie? If it ain't green, doesn't you know, it's John Deere green. Okay, so anyway, uh, bought a blue zero-turn riding lawnmower. We got it, we, let's see, we got rid of the house on the lot next door and now had the large area to mow each week. Neither one of us had ever <laughs> driven a zero-turn mower, so we felt the blade, we turned the blade off and took our turn at it. Brother Bell told me he was ready to mow, and we got the blade turned on, and he began to mow. He proceeded to hit the garage next door. And tore the gas tank off. He didn't feel the humor at the time, but a little work fixed it, and he became a master at the skill of steering it and fell in love with that thing. For a long time, he was the one to do the mowing. When most of the work on the church was finished, Brother Bell and I spent a lot of our mornings together, first praying and then knocking on doors, taking turns talking and inviting people to church. The church began to grow. Kevin and Shelly moved to lacrosse. Shelly became our piano player. We got a different piano, and the piano that came with the church, we gave it to a church in Toma. Brother Bell loaded that piano, Brother Bell and I loaded that piano in my truck, just the two of us, hauled it to Toma, and unloaded it just. The two of us. Now, if I'm remembering that piano, it was a big piano. All right. Um, we're supposed to be done now. That's my phone. Um, Brother Bell and I went to several men's retreats together and always shared a room. On the way home, I had fun teasing him about snoring. <laughs> Brother and Sister Bell and Sonia and I went to many midwinter camp meetings together in Oak Creek. Brother Bell always did, oh, Sister Bell always did the driving. Ah, that's the second time that's come up. Um, more time together. We always loved our time together and, we're, and always had a wonderful time. I remember there was an older lady that lived in Lansing, Iowa, that Brother Bell somehow got to know, and she wanted to be baptized. One evening after work, Brother Bell and I went down to Lansing and baptized her. Another special time together. 
I was this self-employed building subcontractor, and Brother Bell set up my bidding and billing format for me on my computer. It worked perfect and saved me many hours. Yeah, me and many talents. I helped Brother Bell build an office in the basement of his house. Yes, he did. Um, and a utility shed in the back that's still standing, and it looks as good as it did the day it was built, in his backyard and replaced the treads and risers on his stairway. My son and I installed the cabinet in their kitchen, the cabinets in their kitchen, and if you've ever been to mom and dad's house, um, it is one of the best looking and installed kitchens I've ever seen. Terry is a meticulous worker and it's beautiful. He didn't write that down. I, that's my... Um, he called me once because the recoil rope starting on his... This is dad. Starter on his push mower was jammed, and he called and asked if I could come over and look at it. He showed me that the pull rope was stuck. I gave it a hard hit with my hand, and the top recoil went back and was fine. Um, I remember Brother Bell looking at me, and he said, For heaven's sake, I could have fixed that myself. (laughs) Then in 2001, Brother Bell... And Sister Bell helped me with one of the hardest years of my life. In the spring, I was diagnosed with with prostate cancer. On September 11th, Sonia and I were with my mother in in an Appleton hospital and watched the second plane hit the second tower in New York City and then listened to the doctor come into the room, tell us my mother was full of cancer and treatment would only prolong the inevitable. On September 29th, she passed away, and on October 24th, I endured a very painful prostate surgery. Brother Bell was with me at the hospital, praying for me, assuring me everything was going to turn out for the good. God was surely with me. Later, my dad passed away. Through that entire year, I remember Brother Bell often telling me to stay strong in the Lord, that everything was going to work out to the good. Brother and Sister Bell made that 400-mile trip to Shano to be with me at my dad's funeral. A million words could not explain how much that meant to me. Soon after that, I remember Brother Bell's health began to change. By the summer, it became difficult for him to baptize, and he called Brother Putnam to get the okay for me to assist. That summer in 2002 to 2007, I baptized 15 people with Brother Bell at my side. Brother Brother Wayne and I had taught the adult Sunday school class for seven years. During that last year, of Brother Bell's ministry, he preached a lot from a book of Psalms. I have recorded it in my Bible. Fifty-three different messages. And the dates next to those. My dad loved the Psalms. Right? I don't know. That just strikes me. The times I visited Brother Bell in the nursing home, he would take hold of my hand and hold it for the longest time. That would take priority in my mind for days after for each visit. Brother Bell is a very humble 
and caring pastor. Where are the Kleenex? He was very knowledgeable in God's Word, and I valued very much his common sense. He was a wonderful pastor, and he truly was my best friend. As I get older, I realize we need to value every special moment before it becomes a memory. It's a beautiful statement. I probably could write a thousand-page book on everything Brother Bell and I did together. During his lifetime, he probably even could have been accused of being a a very handsome man. To know him surely was to love him. Well, what can you say about a life that is so great? You know, Psalms 116, verse 15 says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. That word precious means honorable and valuable and glorious and splendid. And that's what Brother Bell was to me. From the time I was preparing to come off the missions field, I called him and I said, Brother Bell, I says, we would like to choose your church to be our home church. And he says, no, you can be the pastor and I'll be the saint. I said, no, it doesn't work that way. (laughs) So, but he and I become a very good friend. And and Brother Bell will always sing this song. Oh, yes, we have no bananas. We have no bananas today. And he's saying that every time he comes around. And one day I looked at him and I said, Brother Bill, are you trying to call me a monkey? (laughs) But he and I, we had some great times together, you know. And as I was praying, you know, about this whole situation, you know, and I asked the Lord, what should I say about Brother Bill? And the Lord says, tell the people, Leroy Bell was a Christian. He put his hand to the plow. And he did not look back. He did not pursue his life and liberty and pursuit of happiness for himself. He wanted others to have that. You know, I talked to Bishop John Grant and Bishop John Putnam about this place. And they said, Brother Parker, we tried everything in our power to prevent Brother Bell from taking this building. But we cannot deter him from taking it and fixing it to be a church. And I am thankful for a man as Leroy Bell was to to come here, him and Sister Bell, and to build this place back again. Because I had the opportunity to, to baptize my grandson in that tank right there because of them. And I am thankful for all that they have done. So... Sister Bell and the family, I want to present a certificate of honor. This flag is presented to you in the official flag of the United Pentecostal Church International. 
and was flown over world headquarters in Weldon Springs, Missouri. Reaching the people of this world with our message is the vision that has drawn us and bound us together. On behalf of General Superintendent David K. Bernard, the Executive Board and General Board, the officials of the United Pentecostal Church International, and our grateful ministers and saints, please accept this flag and certificate of honor for your family as a symbol of our appreciation for faithful and dedicated service as a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ by your loved one, Reverend Leroy Curtis Bell. The scripture says, Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted, Matthew 5, 4. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Numbers chapter 6, verse 24 through 26. Presented by Rufus Parker at Calvary Apostolic Church, April 30th, 2022. Praise God. Amen. It got good. Praise God. And, and Brother Bill definitely epitomized the Christian motto, the whole gospel to the whole world by the whole church. Amen. Amen. All my life you have been so, 
With my life laid down, I have surrender now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. And all my life you have been faithful. Yes, you have. All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able I will sing of the goodness of God I will sing of the goodness of God I will sing of the goodness of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the time to to be with us. Um, I hope that the things you heard here send a very clear message that while we will terribly miss the presence of our father, husband, grandpa, friend, we know that to lead this life with the hope of Jesus Christ is only to make one step from here to where we now get the hope of eternity to someday those that are gone and ahead of us we will see them again in a life of perfection beautiful design by a savior and a God that loves us so much that he gave us the opportunity to come and be with him not a God of judgment not a God of condemnation not a God of works or perfection but a God of opportunity of love mercy and endless grace and if you don't have that I invite you to find somebody that will share the love of Jesus with you it is real it is as real as us standing here and there's nothing like it in all the world and I would hope that if that's not your view of what the future holds for you that you would find it and that you would get to know who we love who we live for and who we long for our Savior Jesus Christ thank you for being here I hope that your travels if they are long that they are short and that they are safe I hope you find the cheapest gas prices available on the way home. And I hope the memories that you share in your car match those that we've shared here today. Thank you. God bless you. And have a great day.